everybody. I'm Mitch Goldich, and welcome to episode 49 of Mitch Eats Food, a podcast where I talk about eating food. Thanks, as always, to those of you who have subscribed and left ratings and reviews. You can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and find me on social media for food pictures to go along with every episode. I told you in episode 46 when I relaunched after a full year off that I'd be posting some old episodes from restaurant experiences before the pandemic. Today's episode is the final one of those. We are going back in time again, now to February 2020, if you can remember what that month was like. That was the, this is the same month. I have the two episodes from Super Bowl week in Miami, uh, I think episodes 44 and 45. So this trip, I was actually in Provo, Utah, and it was my first time ever in Utah, making it the 47th state that I've been to. And Utah will be the 13th different state that I've had an episode from since I launched this podcast in 2017. Once again, things are starting to get back to normal now, but this meal feels like it was from a lifetime ago. This should be the final meal of 2020 detailed on this podcast. Let's finally talk about Black Sheep Cafe. Today's episode comes from Provo, Utah, which many people probably know is home to BYU. I had actually, I'd never been to Utah before, but I definitely enjoyed my few days there. I was there in February, and it was not snowing during my trip, thankfully, but there were just great views of all the snow-covered mountains, riding around between Salt Lake City and Provo and some other towns I was driving through, and uh, I really, I, I just liked it. I liked the vibe and the scenery and everything, so... I was staying in Provo, and I was looking for somewhere to eat there near my hotel, and I came across this place, the Black Sheep Cafe, right on University Avenue, a fun little street uh, near BYU with all kinds of restaurants and shops and ice cream parlors, and again, I I just couldn't get over how close the mountains were, how close they looked, feel like you could just reach out and touch them, but uh, beautiful views, and I was there right around dusk and just looked really nice. So I had a few options for food, but Black Sheep really appealed to me. I had looked up places ahead of time in this case, and their website has a whole section explaining the concept of fusion cuisine and giving some notable examples. And then it says, reading from the website now, Here at Black Sheep Cafe, we introduce Native American, Mexican, and Southwest heritage all into the mix. Proud to say that we are the only one of its kind. Really, we are. And of course, I respect that declarative. Really, we are at the end of the description to drive it home. Now, as you've heard dozens of times on this podcast, when I'm traveling, I always like to have something that's kind of native to the region. I'm sure plenty of you are the exact same way. And so I like the idea of something kind of Southwestern, and then I just thought it would be cool to have that Native American element too. The restaurant also prides itself on being a from-scratch kitchen. The website explains that they get there at 9 a.m. to prep for an 11 a.m. open, and then they close at 2.30 so they have time to start prepping for dinner. Fries are peeled and cut that day, meats and veggies are fresh, etc., etc. So this is pretty much exactly up my alley, a restaurant that prides itself on its process and its ingredients and has some interesting flavors and some stuff that I've never had before. So the food itself, once I sat down, it became pretty obvious what I wanted. They had Navajo tacos on the menu, which I had actually never had before. And given the way the restaurant described itself, it just felt like a no-brainer. But as listeners of this podcast know by now, I'm very much pro-sharing of appetizers and sides. But if I am by myself in an interesting spot, I am definitely not afraid to just order way too much food, even if I have no one to share it with. So in addition to the Navajo tacos, I couldn't say no to an appetizer of green chili frites either. The, uh, the Navajo tacos had two choices. I could do a green chili pork or a red chili beef. 
So I went with the red chili beef, knowing I was gonna have the green chili on my frites. And then to complete the order, I went ahead and got a cactus pear lemonade. Uh, I did not personally see any cacti on this trip. I think I may have been in the wrong part of Utah for that. But for a Southwestern-inspired meal, even in February, uh, it just felt appropriate. I guess I'll start with the lemonade first since it came first. It was good. Uh, it, was a, it was a little tart. Not too tart. Not like to the point that it hurts your teeth. Uh, if I'm being honest, though, you know, I liked it, but I wouldn't have wanted too much of it. And I actually, I was thinking about this. I, I don't drink too much lemonade, honestly, unless there's uh, bourbon or vodka in it, like an outdoor wedding in the summer. I don't know what that says about me, but I do like lemonade and, you know, I don't get too many cactus pear beverages on the East Coast here. So I did enjoy the taste of it, even if I didn't want a ton of it. And so I kind of enjoyed just having it. And uh, even though it came before my food, I, uh, I saved it and sort of slowly savored it throughout the meal. So anyway, the frites, and I'll just say this, I know that I may be pronouncing that wrong, and some people might want to get on my case about how the S is silent, but it just sounds wrong to me because it makes a plural sound singular, so I apologize if I keep saying frites, and it's supposed to be frite, but uh, hopefully I'll, I'll try and limit how many times I say it so that everyone can get over it. They did come first as my appetizer, and the dish was also, it was definitely bigger than I expected, which is usually a welcome surprise for me. It was only $9 on the appetizer menu, so I guess I expected it would be on the smaller side, but maybe I'm just too used to New York prices for everything. But it was really big, I mean, definitely meant to be shared, even though I ended up eating the whole thing. It came with, reading the menu again, house-cut fries, green chili sauce, cheddar jack cheese, cotija, crema, green onion, and an optional fried egg, which again, if you know me, is not optional, it's a must. All the flavors were great, and there was also, there's a good amount of toppings, which is good. Some of the fries around the outside were kind of drier, but of course I used that to dip up all the runny toppings that are all over the plate, so there are no dry fries if you don't want any, but it also, it didn't feel like it was globs, like sometimes a place like that with runny, liquidy stuff, it'll be globs and like way too much. I thought it was a very good ratio, and I really, I liked all the flavors. The crema was excellent, the green chilies were great. Um, a good amount of the cotilla, which then I mixed in with the other cheesy uh, runny cheese. The egg was good, just the runny yolk all over everything, which I do love. And really, I mean, you could just tell a lot of great flavors and you could tell everything was super fresh. And the frites themselves, you know, I don't want to be too hyperbolic here, but honestly, they were, they were perfect. Um, I mentioned already that they peeled the potatoes that day. They just, they had a great texture. They were not too crispy, which is good because I don't love when they're overdone. But crucially, I think a lot of times when something is loaded up with all the toppings like this, sometimes a plate of fries or frites, they can get mushy or soggy under that creamy cheese sauce or a runny egg. And I thought these did a really good job. Maybe I ate very fast and that helped, but I thought they stayed plump and firm and everything in the dish really just worked perfectly. Now, the Navajo tacos. For those of you who don't know, it comes on fry bread, which is pretty distinct. It's a flat dough that's basically deep fried. It's not, when you hear tacos, it's not like a hard shell or soft shell taco that you'd picture at a Mexican restaurant. Um, but it was served more like an open-faced sandwich or like a flatbread, uh, but just piled high with a ton of toppings. And the texture, it's a little hard to describe. It almost reminded me of like when pizza dough, like it's a thick piece of pizza has like that big bubble and you can kind of tear it apart. But I thought a little bit lighter and fluffier than like a tough pizza dough. Uh, but very good. And it had that corn flavor like a tortilla. And I just, I really liked it. I mentioned again, you know, it's piled high. I actually, I went with a knife and fork here. Uh, it's possible that that is a terrible faux pas, but uh, it was just piled up and that's what ended up happening there. So on the fry bread, I mentioned the red chili sauce. It also had beef. It was like big cubes of beef that were very tender, very easy to pull apart and eat really good. It also had Monterey Jack, 
cotilla, lettuce, tomato, black olives, and green onion. It also came with a side of cilantro, lime, rice, and pinto beans. And the beans, it was like a real side of beans. Sometimes, a, you know, a place will say rice and beans, and they'll just give you like dry beans mixed into the rice. This was like the soupy side bowl. And uh, both really flavorful. I mean, that's true. I've said that. I don't know how many times I've said flavorful on this podcast. It was true of everything I had there. Uh, you, I mean, you could really, you could taste the lime and the rice, which I liked too. You know, if you call it cilantro lime rice, make it cilantro lime rice. Don't just squeeze a couple drops and tell me that it's cilantro lime rice. It was, uh, it was a good flavor. Definitely enjoyed it. If I have to pick a favorite between the two dishes, I think I'd go with the frites, but both were awesome. And, you know, I'm actually, I'm not sure that I've ever had Navajo tacos before. So it was good to try something different and, you know, to get them at a place like that, it felt like I was getting them, uh, you know, done the right way and really authentically. Um, but man, I'd love to go back. It was just, it was a great menu with more stuff that I definitely would have liked trying. They had bison burgers and blue corn enchiladas and hog jowl tacos. So, you know, a lot of really good stuff, but it just felt like it would have been silly not to get the Navajo tacos. And while we're there, I actually, I have a little more that I want to say about fry bread and Navajo tacos. Um, the fry bread in particular, which is a very important food to many people within the Native American community, I will admit I was unfamiliar with a lot of this history until I started, until I was talking to some people afterward. Um, but so then I was Googling fry bread and, and I actually, I came across an op-ed published by NBC News with the headline, Native American fry bread is the food of our oppression. It's also delicious. So we're reclaiming it. And the author, a Native American writer, activist, and professor named Simon Moya Smith, writes about how fry bread didn't really have a place in their culture until white government officials forced people off their original farmland. So I do, I just want to note that there is a much larger discussion to be had around fry bread. Obviously, I don't have the time or the space to get into the entire history of colonialism and Native Americans in this country, but I do encourage people to go look up more. And I also, I looked up the owner of Black Sheep and I came across this woman, Blue Adams, who is a member of the Navajo community and is active in Native American causes. So I feel like I got a real authentic experience and not like I was just in a restaurant that was appropriating Native American culture. So I feel like, I, you know, not only did I have that authentic experience, but I felt good supporting a place like this. And so just wanted to mention that while we're on the topic of fry bread and Navajo tacos. So that was my first meal in Utah, literally ever, just a couple hours off the plane. Pear cactus lemonade, green chili frite, Navajo tacos, and now the next time you're in Provo, Utah, you know exactly what to do. And uh, for what it's worth, a couple days later, I, I will say I mentioned ice cream shops on uh, on the street. A couple days later, I went to Rockwell Ice Cream next door. And while I will not have an episode from there, I can also recommend that place definitely. So you could save room for dessert. I did not do a good job saving room for dessert because I ate an entire appetizer by myself. But I have no regrets. When in Utah. And that'll do it for today. If you enjoyed this episode, you should go back and check out the previous 48 Many of them are solo like this one. Many have fun guests. Those episodes tend to be longer. As I said at the top, I now have episodes from 13 different states and also five different countries. You can subscribe in iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify. While you're there, leave me a rating or a review in iTunes. I didn't get any reviews during my year off, so it would be great to get some more so people know that we're back up and running. And while you're at that, tell your friends about it too. I know there are people who unsubscribed when I took the year off. Let everyone know that we're back. If you enjoy this podcast, I always appreciate people helping me make it grow. 
Remember that you can follow me at Mitch Goldich on Twitter and Instagram and search Mitch Goldich on Facebook for pictures to go along with this and every episode. You can also follow at Mitch Eats Food Pod on Instagram where you can see pictures from meals that don't become episodes. You can see the uh, giant lobster that I ate uh, Memorial Day weekend. Go check it out on Instagram. Finally, you can also email MitchEatsFood at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon. 